but it's really hurting women to have this message of you're a girl boss that needs to hustle every single second of the day. Don't ask for help. Don't depend on anyone. To be super honest with you, Christian, it's actually exhausting us. I was diagnosed with a chronic illness out of nowhere. It was just this whole series of events where God really led me to this moment of like, you need to surrender. Back to the podcast today, I have a new friend joining, and she is going to be talking about how we can surrender our story, you know, ditch this myth of control. I feel like this is something we constantly have to remind ourselves of, of who is in control and what does our role look like in partnering with God. Her name is Tara Sun. She is an author, a podcast host, and uh, a friend of my friends, so I just have the testimony that she is amazing. Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Christian. I've been looking forward to this. I'm super, super excited for what we're going to talk about, and it's already been a joy, so just do it. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, let's jump in. Okay, surrender your story. Tell us what led you to write this book, because I think when you write about something like that, it comes with you had to first learn how to surrender your story. Absolutely. I, I know I'm a first-time author, new author, and I don't know. I'm learning already so much about how good books aren't just they they don't they just come from thin air. They they come from a lifetime testimony of what God is doing in your life. And Surrender Your Story came from God revealing, honestly, from when I was a young girl that I had this problem with control, that I had this difficulty trusting him through a lot of areas in my life. And to be super honest with you, Christian, I grew up in a really sweet, faith-filled, God-honoring home. And I'm really thankful for that. But in a lot of ways, it lended to me just coasting to not making my faith my own. And life was pretty smooth sailing. It was pretty easy for the most part until I had a lot of things come up in my life. Like I was diagnosed when I was 14 with a chronic illness out of nowhere. So that shattered a lot of plans, relationships, schooling, everything. And then another big one was I had this idea, this good plan for what I wanted to do with my life with college and um, a big career path that was nothing like what I'm doing today. Um, But then God kind of threw a wrench in that one as well and sent me home, dropping out of college. It was just this whole series of events where God really led me to this moment of like, you need to surrender. Like you gave your life to me when you were young, but you haven't fully surrendered every area and trusted your life to me. Um, So surrender your story is just that journey of my life, but I think more so. It's like a tiny little snippet of my life and then majority of the book is just practical, deep dive into God's word about what it means to surrender. But then I loved highlighting the freedom of surrender because in today's day and culture, when you hear surrender, when you hear all that kind of stuff, it's like not easy to hear. It's not what the secular culture of manifestation is talking about. So it's not popular, but I just wanted to show people that there's freedom and there's beauty in letting God have the pen of your story because he writes a better one. So yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. Ah, That's beautiful. Thank you for giving a little snippet of that journey. And I know it wasn't as quick uh, of a lesson, I'm sure, as it is to share now, which I'd say that to encourage anyone listening. Like, oh, well, she figured it out and she's got it. Um, It's a journey. And it's, it's a journey of letting God become the author and trusting his penmanship too, I would add. I in my book, I talk about how God rewrites your story too. Like, tell us a little bit about when you first got that diagnosis. Um, I can imagine in that initial moments, months, or even years, how did you have to shape your your trajectory of what you thought God could do or even would do? 
from that moment to where you are now? I love that question because we, I'm sure we can all think of a singular moment or season or event in our lives that was totally rerouted by God, where we were disappointed in God, frustrated with God, mad at him for rewriting our story. And so for me, the first moment really was when I had that diagnosis, like you mentioned, and that really changed everything for me because for the first time in my life, I had a physical limitation that um, affected school, relationships, affected my everyday life. Because Christian, there was a moment there when I was not able to get out of bed for weeks on end because I was just in such excruciating pain. We were trying to figure out, the doctors were really confused about what like what was going on. And it was just this time where I'm like, Lord, like this is a time where I should be on the path to figuring out what life is. Like I was in that early high school age where you start to get into kind of your own, you become more of your own and you start figuring out who you are in Christ and um, getting more involved, your career starts to shape, all these things. And I'm like, why now? And I had to really come to the end of myself. And the biggest part of God rewriting my story that he revealed to me was my problem with pride. And I don't know, friends listening, you may not believe you have a pride problem. You may, you know, you may not think like, oh, I'm like, I think I'm like the greatest person in the world, but pride is so deceptive. And it comes up in ways, even just thinking that you're in control of your story, that like, I'm enough. I'm strong enough that like things have worked out my way. So like, you know, I'm in the driver's seat. So that's what pride was really um, manifesting itself in my life. It was showing me to be like, I'm the Lord of my life. And so God had to strip that away from my life as he rewrote it and I just had to come to terms. And again, it's not linear all the time. It takes a lifetime. So again, like Christian was saying, friends, if you're listening and you think that like this is just a quick fix overnight, it's not. And this book won't immediately cure you, but it will give you the steps to make surrender possible every single day. Um, but I just had to come to the end of myself and realize that God is higher than than my ways. Isaiah, is it 55, I believe, talks about that God's ways are higher, that, that his thoughts are beyond our thoughts, and that my timeline is very, very different. And in the middle of God rewriting my story, I started to believe that he wasn't good, that he wasn't loving. And so one of the first things I had to realize was going back to the character of God and being like, okay, well, if God is love, if that's who he is, then everything that he does has to be from love. So this has to be. And I even had to preach that to myself when I didn't believe it. I even had to tell myself like, God is good. God loves me. Um, This isn't going to thwart his plans for my life. And I just had to preach to my soul because I'm so prone to wander. I'm so prone to wander. As we all are. I mean, I love reading the Psalms because when David's like, soul, I speak to you. I correct you. I'm like, okay, I can do that too. It's okay if I'm a mess because I'm not a mess. And I can sort through this. So much of what you're saying, I feel a breath of fresh air thinking, okay, you said that too. Oh, good. That was God inspired. That wasn't me being crazy. Like I dive deep into shame and I saw the correlation too of shame as a result of pride coming up and, and wanting to take over. And so I, I really resonate with that of realizing all the little ways that we hurt ourselves by trying to force up God's plan or trying to tell ourselves it's all going to be okay because X, Y, and Z is going to work out rather than it is okay. Because like you said, because God is in control, because his plans are good. And I think sometimes we forget that's enough. And you mentioned this way of secular and society coping. I think we gravitate towards to right now, at least in our generation, is manifestation. 
Why do you think it is so popular and how have you seen it hurting women specifically, but our generation at large? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. We, Christian and I were just mentioning this before we even started recording that God knows, I mean, God knows overall, he knows when these books were going to be launched, your book, Christian, coming up and then mine. And and so I love the timing of this book coming out because although I genuinely believe this is a human problem, that control is something that's been around since Adam and Eve and it will be until we until Jesus comes back again. Um, but it dropped at a really good time because so it's dominating social media feeds. You know, even if you're a Christian, I got to tell you that it can creep into your life, that you can start to believe it, that you, you mm. can't get away from it because it's just a part of the world we live in. And so manifestation is so attractive to people. And I get the pull to an extent because it's basically just an empowering message that tells us that we're in control, that, you know, you're good enough and all these things on your own. And it really just, I guess, maybe even is just like a drug where it's like surges of dopamine that just rewards us, that gets us excited. And it's very appealing because we all want a purposeful life. We all want things to go our way. So when there's a message telling us that it can and it's possible, then we're like, sure, sign me up, right? And even as a Christian, I've fallen into that trap before too, thinking like, oh, well, so far, so good. Like life has gone well. I'm going to keep controlling. I'm going to keep, you know, myself in the driver's seat. And, you know, I have gifts and talents, which are great and God-given, but we start to take them to the other side of the extreme where we rely on those gifts and those strengths instead of relying on God, the one who gave us those gifts and those strengths. So it's such a dangerous thing, especially to women. Um, and I don't want to devalue women at all because I, I know Christian and I are the most, you know, we're the biggest cheerleaders of women and what God has called us into and stepped um, and, you know, stepping up into our God-given role in the church and the world. Um, but it's really hurting women to have this message of like, you're a girl boss that needs to hustle every single second of the day. Don't rest. Don't don't ask for help. Don't depend on anyone. It's really not helping us. It's actually exhausting us. And the more we spin our wheels trying to control, the more we miss out on what God has for us. And this may sound controversial, but I really do believe this is that God's will is overarching. It's It will always come to pass. There's nothing we can do to change it. I have a whole chapter in my book about God's will. And we go into depth there. But I do believe that we can miss a lot of teaching moments, a lot of sanctification, a lot of seasons that God wants us to walk through when we're trying to control. Like we can miss out on that. And so when I realized that, I'm like, man, I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss a thing of what God has for me. Um, so I don't know. That kind of went off the rails, but that's my <laughs> on that. <laughs> no, that's great. This feels like a, a kindred spirit where we're allowed to touch all the little road bumps on the way. Uh, it reminds me of that song. Who is it? Aerosmith? I don't want to miss a thing. I won't sing it now. I will spear us all. Yeah, I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. And I do wonder how much comes about in our life, how much is literally manifested from our need for control. Um, I was even talking to a friend the other day, and you'll probably resonate with this, being a mom yourself, is there's so many, and I won't go down a rabbit hole because I don't want this to be a soundbite that gets taken out of the control, but I think so much of what we struggle with as women does come from this idea of what you're saying is perpetuated of like girl boss don't depend on anybody you got to do it all you got to be all things in all realms and, and hit wear every single hat where I was talking to someone about um being able to breastfeed your child and like some of the things that we want to produce like the good things we want to produce in ourselves as women that can get stifled or exhausted because we are sharing ourselves too thin like 
we're not getting sleep. We're not getting filled up. We're not like I remember those first months having a newborn feeling like I could ask my husband because, you know, the mom that could do it all would be able to work and feed her baby every one and a half hour. Like, you just think we have to do it all. And I think sometimes that drains the things that are actually innate within us. And what I think about manifestation is I think our generation does know there's something deep within us that has to come from within. We have a little bit of the right scope, but it's not we are enough and we can do this and we can just think and will something. But no, like we have the spirit within us. We do know who to rely on. It comes from within, but it's not solely us. And so I'm I'm so glad you put words to that and you do dive deep into it. I think it's really like you're saying, I agree. It's timely. It's what we need to hear. And, you know, some people could look at you and say, well, you you are a girl boss in a sense, or I'm looking up to what you're doing. I want to be a podcaster or an author. Mm-hmm. What would you caution with? Like, I think ambition is a beautiful gift. I think ideation and dreaming are beautiful, but it, they have to be in tandem with God. So what would your maybe like guide rails be for if you are pursuing something to make sure you're not getting on that hamster cycle of trying to do it all. I love this. I, like you said, as a new mom, my son is 16 months tomorrow as we're recording this. Um, He will be. So he's still so young and we're still, I feel like we're finally like hitting our groove. Like after six months, we're like, okay, got this. But like, yeah, just a magic number. He's six months. Right. (laughs) But I'm still learning so much about like, I don't know, like how to, how to like climb out of just the fog and, um, obviously the motherhood is my biggest thing, my, my biggest blessing, but I, I am so multi-passionate in, in what I do. And, um, I am very much the person that loves to just go, just grind, just dream. Um, and I have been very, I've fallen prey to, um, wanting to do things because I simply can, instead of being like, okay, God, do you want me to do it? I think a lot of us do that where we're like, okay, I have the abilities and I have the time maybe, or I have the energy and I'm going to do it even if it's a good thing, instead of pausing and asking God about it. And so I just first and foremost want to say that like this book is it is all obviously about trusting God with your dreams and surrendering your life, but it also is very much like pro-dreaming and pro-planning, but with God, right? Because um, a lot of times we take God out of the equation because maybe we're afraid that he's not going to do what we want or he's not going to do it as fast as we want. So as far as just like guide rails for pursuing something, I think it's really simple just to check off a few things off of your list. Like, is this coming from a place of sin? Pride is a sin. Is this coming from a place of me wanting to elevate myself? Or is this coming from a place of wanting to elevate God and his name? Um, Another thing is like, is this sacrificing my physical, mental, spiritual, emotional energy or health? Is this taking me away from what matters most? Take an inventory of your life and I like to call it like your big three or however many are on like one hand, count like the most important things to you. God, your family, if you have a husband, a child, like take inventory of those things. Take that dream, whatever you're whatever you're planning and make sure that you can fit that in without knocking anything else down. There's different seasons, but I just like to think like, okay, if this is going to get in the way of my relationship with God or my son or my husband, then I need to take a step back. And I think just knowing also like another guide rail is just being like am i okay with however long this will take am i okay with serving in the small in the mundane moments um 
something, this may be off topic, but something that my literary agent um, shared at my book launch party in March was, you know, in publishing, you know, nowadays, if you're listening, you want to publish or you want to do any kind of ministry that um, people are looking for people who are investing where they are and not necessarily looking with the end goal of I want to get published or I want to become big or go viral. Like they're looking for people that are ministering and building and encouraging where they are and making that their primary thing because everything else like a book would be an addition. But are you serving and stewarding where you are now, not to get to the next thing, but to grow what God has entrusted you with? And that kind of changed the game for me knowing like, okay, if I'm pursuing something just to get to the next thing, then that's a check in my spirit. That's a guardrail where I need to pull back um, and just got, ask God to keep me like focused on where he has me. Um, so practically, again, dream with God, but make sure to do it with God. Have big dreams, have big plans, um, but just don't take him out of the equation because it's not going to happen. Um, Christian, you did say this earlier too, like I do believe and I have lived this way where you can make life happen the way that you want. Like if you just forget about God, if you stop opening your word, if you stop praying, all these kinds of things, you can make things happen without God. But I just want to ask you, like, if you get to know God and if you get to know what he says and ha- like what he promises you, like, do you want to? Like, I think that's the main message, too. Like, do you want to miss out on the story he's writing for you? Such a sobering question, I think. And of the clear reality, you can't do it your way or you can't do it God's way. And, you know, this, I hate this expression, but it comes to mind of like the birthing that Ishmael is. Yeah. Do we want to wait on God's timing and his blessing? Or do we want to try in our own vein? And I think what you're saying of, you know, you can just try to get the book deal. You can just try to get the guy. But I really do believe that sometimes it is a longer waiting, but it should it becomes more effortless when we do it in God's manner. And I would encourage anyone listening, you know, a lot of our audiences, uh, singles or um, want to do get married. Yeah. And the idea of waiting, and I think even the question of, but what if it doesn't happen? And what if all my friends get married? And what if I'm still waiting? How do I surrender when my heart feels like that question is overwhelming? What would you say to them? Yeah. No, I was I was thinking about this because I was thinking about your audience. And I know this may feel like it's tone deaf because I'm married and because I have a child. But I also just want to say this, that like, First of all, if you have the desire to be married, to be in a relationship, to have a family that like, that's not a misplaced desire that like God has placed desires within you, obviously desires that are of him and that are not sinful, like God has placed those in your heart. So they're not bad. I had someone ask me the other day, they're like, is it bad that I desire marriage as a single person? I'm like, no, but they're like, is it bad that I desire it in the timeline that I want? I'm like, well, I'm like, that's the thing. The timeline, I think, is where we where we get tripped up surrendering, thinking, okay, I kind of thought that when I was 21 or even 20, I would be dating someone and then engage within the next year. I'd start my family in my 20s. Like we have these expectations and expectations aren't bad. We're told to wait on, wait upon the Lord and to get our hopes up in Christ. But I really don't, I really believe that our expectations don't do us favor sometimes because when we do come to something that doesn't happen our way, we have a choice of how we're going to react with it. Um, And so I guess I just want to remind you in this moment that if you have a desire that it's not yet fulfilled or maybe it will never be fulfilled, all of our dreams and our desires and our hopes and everything that we long for, 
was truly never meant to be satisfied in this world or even in a husband. I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't been married that long. I've been married like two and a half, three years, but I do know, I can tell you right now that my desires for everything that I want cannot be fulfilled in my husband, Michael. And when I start to do that, I'm making him a God and I'm also putting, you know, I'm, I'm putting too much pressure on him. I'm doing all the things that I shouldn't be doing when we're really kind of in this waiting room. I like to think of earth as a waiting room because we're not meant to stay here. We're meant to, we're meant to go and, and be with Christ. And so um, don't be mad at your desires and don't be mad at God for not fulfilling them, especially in the timing that you think, because you were created for God. And right now you have a bigger purpose. Marriage is an incredible calling within your purpose, but marriage is not your purpose on earth. It's not. Um, your purpose is to know God, to enjoy him, to glorify him, to use your gifts. And marriage is one calling within that purpose. But you can have so many callings that fulfill the overarching purpose of God for your life. Um, and again, maybe I just want I just want you to hear that from someone that also did struggle with waiting on God's timeline. Even though I am married, um, we all struggle with that timeline. Yeah. And and there is the I think the threat almost of anything as marriage advice to a single sounding tone death. Yeah. But truly it's like I we resonate with what the heartfelt desire is, but we've yeah. seen the reality of, okay, this is something I've been waiting for and I've been preparing for. Right. Not so that the box is checked mm -hmm. and it's the happily ever after, but that this is now the responsibility that I carry not only for myself, but for someone else. And yeah. The analogy that comes to mind and running the risk of sounding tone deaf myself is, you know, if you're waiting on a promotion at a job, does that mean you forsake the job that you are already? That's good. You don't just say, I'm going to grind if my boss is looking or, you know, if I get this promotion next month, then I'll do my job well now. But it's like, no, because you are called to that and potentially the promotion as well. Like you represent, if you're a lawyer, you represent that firm. Like everything you do in each position carries weight to what you're called to, carries weight to who you glorify. So I think sometimes if we if we think we can only do good for God if we're married or we can only be fulfilled when we get the job or wh whatever the thing is, maybe it's not being married, maybe it is writing a book or whatever it may be, we can attest that as well. I loved getting to write, but it's shown me more about God than anything for myself. And, and the more he does with it, the more I'm reminded, oh, this isn't only my message. This is something that God wants to share. And, yeah. and I'm learning myself. Yeah, I think that's just the thief sometimes of yeah. how like the enemy it is to deceive something that's good and create isolation or create a fear or anxiety around it. But you know, like marriage is a gift, singleness is a gift, and we are all called to glorify him. Yeah. Last thing I want to ask you, but kind of going off that, rounding it all about a little bit, is you talk about how we can forsake independence and we can thrive and rely on God. But I think there's also a partnership method. So how would you differentiate what that looks like or feels like to someone that's like, okay, I'm hearing all this, Tara. I really want to live this life, but I don't just want to sit and wait and be content. Like I want to, I want to grind with God. How would you inspire somebody to do that? So good. Oh, I also wanted to add, you were like firing me up when you were talking about the whole analogy and um, just like partnering with God in that way and just, and just waiting on your relationship. And I was just thinking like, can I just give you permission if you're listening that like it's not controlling to put yourself out there. It's not controlling your narrative just to like 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 go and and meet people and honor God in in your dating or your 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 pursuing people. Like 
I think this leads in super well with your question about like, okay, I want to surrender, but I don't know how to do that because it feels like I'm supposed to sit on my hands and just like give up and like be yep. super yep. passive about my life, you know, like that's Every exactly what life. Come find me. <laughs> right, exactly. But that's not what it is. Surrender is so like, this is a total soundbite, um, but it, it sounds cliche, but it's so true is that surrender is not a passive lifestyle. It's actually so active because when Jesus said in, in Luke 9, 23 to his disciples, he said, one of the main things about like one of the, one of the main steps to following me to coming after me is to literally deny yourself die to yourself which to which means to let go of control of your life and so dying to ourselves every day is an active thing we have to literally wake up every morning and ask the lord okay i got to do this over again and that may feel exhausting but it's an actually it's actually a really cool way to depend on god to keep us tethered to god because if it was just a one and done situation where would the need and the intimacy and the connection with God be. So just another reminder that you can get up and go. The results are up to God. The obedience is up to you. Um, so simply, I mean, again, Christian answer, but I just, I think we need to get back to the heart and the simplicity of some of these answers is that like, if you don't know what to do with surrender, like look to God's word. If you're not really sure where your story is going and you don't know where God's leading, like, what you need to do today is the will of God and the will of God is found in the word of God. So you're not aimless. Um, you have active things to do. God tells us to obey what's in the word. So get to know the word and then put your feet to action. I think surrender is genuinely more of a heart posture. So if we believe surrender in our head, then it goes to our heart and then it overflows in what we do. So just even practically today, as you're listening to this and you're like, okay, after this conversation, I want to go and I want to start surrendering. What you can do is like, look at your calendar, look at your planner, like mentally visualize what's going on in your day. But in your heart as a posture, have it with open hands. Be like, okay, Lord, if for some reason you pivot this, if something doesn't work out, if I'm spent, if the kids are crying, if like um, I'm exhausted from work or school, like wherever you're at in your life, like if something doesn't happen, you need to stop that in its tracks and be like, okay, Lord, you're in control. I'm not. Like, it's such a practical way to do it. Just a reminder that it starts in your heart, but you have so much to do where you can partner with God. He doesn't want you to sit on the sidelines because Ephesians 2 tells us we were created for good works. He set you apart from the beginning to have things to do. And surrender is just daily picking up that cross, um, which is not sitting on your hands. So there's just, there's so much to partner with God. There's so much to get excited about. And surrender is, surrender will get you way further than control ever will. And um, I think that's the most freeing thing. So beautiful. And I love what you said that the obedience is our responsibility, but the results are up to God. Yeah. And then there reminds me of the verse, like man plans a step, but God orchestrates his steps where he goes. And partnership doesn't have to be passive. And I'll say this, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't want to get like, I just made my monthly planner. I just batched all my yes. content. Sometimes God's not even going to change everything that's coming, but he does want right. that heart posture. I think about like golf is my husband's outlet. That's where it takes yeah. so much time. Right. It's part, you know, I have to surrender my calendar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I want, I want his heart in that. Like, I don't want him to not do it, but I do want him to say, hey, love, like, you know, this is what, I was thinking, but does this work for you? Did you have right? Do you need me? And then when he comes to me that way, I'm like, oh my gosh, go golf for five hours. Like, I love that that was your heart. And I think we can model the same thing with God as like, 
it's not that he doesn't want you to do the thing, to be in the relationship, but he wants you to first be united to him. And I think that's maybe a, a good way to put a bow on it. It's like he does have to be our first love. Yeah. And when he is, how much more blessed and like beautiful mm -hmm. is everything else? Uh, right, man, we really could go on and on. Do you have I any know last thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, one last thought I was thinking too as you're talking, I'll just I'll, I'll just say this. Um, it's as far as practical because again, surrender feels hard to put into practice, and there's there's so much in surrender your story in the book. But um, as you're looking about about your schedule, um, I'd really encourage you to not like pencil in a million Netflix binge days, but like be very aware of rest and be very aware of your limitations. That's the hardest thing. I'm still struggling with that um, as a Type A, like gotta get everything done kind of person. Um, whether that's in your relationships, whether that's planning, planning future relationships, whatever that looks like work. Um, because if we start to jam pack our schedule, that's when we start to believe that like we have limitless energy and that we're in control and that, you know, I don't need any help. I don't need rest. Like, so we just need to operate out of that rest and out of that rhythmic routine with God. So think practically just not overload yourself because that busyness and that hustle can really distract us from depending on God, which is trusting God. Um, so I think that's just what I wanted to add at the end, because that really helps me when I'm looking at my calendar to be like, OK, like I just need to pause. Like even if that's like one or two days a week, like just pause, like take a breath, remind yourself of who's control, <laughs> who's in control. Well, you are in great company because um, you're speaking to the choir, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. So I received that. I hope everyone listening receives it. Guys, you can tell that she is a podcast host because she's just engaging and you want to keep listening if you do want to keep listening, you can find her Truth Talks with Tara is her podcast. And again, her book is Surrender Your Story, Ditch the Myth of Control and Discover Freedom and Trusting God. Tara, thank you so much. And I wish we had the ability to go on and on, but um, it's been a delight. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Friend, thank you so much. You're a blessing. Thanks everyone too for listening and giving us some of your time today. And where can they find your book? Yes, you can find Surrender Your Story um, anywhere books are sold, which is so fun to say, or surrenderyourstory.com. And there's some free goodies there as well, like a study guide and all the things. We love the free goodies. I love it.